0: Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. This is the Best of Talk of Champions, brought to you by Modern Woodman. the modern woodman phone line Call, cool. we'll talk no big whoop no big whoop where the best old miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in rebel sports <laughs> modern woodman let's make a difference together this is talk of champions i'm ben garrett at spirit Ben on twitter joining me now on the modern woodman phone line it's david sanders Former Ole Miss basketball guard, now the head coach at Callaway, entering your eighth year, man. Eighth year, David. What's up?
1: Yeah, man. I just recently had my 40th birthday, man, so things are starting to get real for me.
0: Uh, (laughs) I appreciate
1: you having me on, man.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, A lot to cover with you, obviously. First and foremost, recently, Ole Miss got a commitment from your star guard, top 50 prospect, Deshaun Ruffin. If I were a college or a professional evaluator, what would be your scouting report of Deshaun?
1: Uh, I, I think the main thing that um, stands out to me, with Deshaun, is his ability and his neck for just making big-time plays, man. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that can do anything on the basketball floor. You know, at 5'10", he can dunk the ball. I mean, he's a great defender. He can rebound the ball to the best of them. I mean, he, he just can do it all, man. And I think a lot of times – Look at a guy like him, and he gets overlooked because he's under six feet. But if he was about 6'1, 6'2, he'd be the number one player in the country when he'd be close. But uh, I think the main thing is he does a lot of things that you can't coach. And I think that's the most things that, when you talk to different college coaches, they're looking for that. I mean, because certain things you can coach. But when he has that innate ability to just make those plays that aren't there, you know, I think that that's what stands out the most to me with Deshaun, and then the fact that, you know, he's just a regular kid and just love playing the game. You know, he's not this superstar walking around, not talking to people, but, you know, he's interacting, he's having fun. I mean, he's just enjoying himself, you know, and enjoying his experience at Callaway. And uh, God God bless us to be able to win the championship this year and actually did it on, you know, on my alma mater's home floor. So it was just a great thing. And uh, Deshaun I always had a good rapport with Coach Davis and, you know, so I just I just think everything worked out for him well, but as far as what they're getting, they're getting a the guy that's going to pretty much set the pavilion on fire, man. He's, he's he's a dynamic player, and he's one that, you know, he's going to sell tickets for you. Does he remind you of anyone in particular? I tell you what, when I first saw him, and I first was trying to describe him to people who really thought I was just over-exaggerating because I had just had Malik Newman, and I told him, <laughs> I, I found the next Malik Newman. And they were like, yeah, right. You only know, get one of those every ten years. So, but I, my my way of describing was, you know, he's a he, he's a high, he has a Kyrie Irving type handle to his game, with a Russell Westbrook type explosiveness. And and you know, when you mix those two things there, I mean, I think it kind of puts you know puts you in the mind of what he does best. You know, he's a guy that is size, you don't find many guys that can finish over seven footers and 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 you know go up and try to dunk on you and make those plays at the rim. But at the same time he's he's just so dynamic with that ball in his hand, he can get to where he wants to go. And I think on the difference I think for me on the college level will be he's gonna have a great player at every position around him. And so he it'll be much less likely for you to see him be able to get double teams. It's hard to double team a guy in college. And with him playing having one on one matchups, it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be crazy. I watched him this past summer. He was a second leading scorer on the Nike circuit, the EYBL circuit, uh, as an underclassman. He was playing up with the seventeen you guys, the seniors, and he was the second leading scorer on the whole circuit. And he got double teamed every game. And and you know, it was amazing to see even the, the one game that he didn't get double teamed with the game, and he had fifty one points at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, against the New York Renaissance, Renaissance who had a, you know, a couple great players on their own, right? Like Jonathan Kamonga, I think, is the number one player in the country now. In that that junior class, I mean, and that was against his team. So, I mean, so just his ability, man, to just turn it on and go lights out, man, is just something that, you know, that you don't see every day.
0: What was his recruitment like? He's a top 50 player, and obviously he has all the accolades, but to be in it with him, what was it like for him?
1: Well, to be honest, it was kinda weird. Deshaun is a different kid. With Malik Malik knew the process. You know, his dad had been through it as a player, so he kinda, you know, everything was it was kinda already rehearsed in him. He was he was real good with the process. He knew he knew how to play the game. Deshaun it was so it was so foreign to him that I, I never really think he actually enjoyed the process of getting recruited. I think he even with the early commitment to Auburn, I think it was more so the fact that it just was it was something that he didn't want to do. He didn't want to talk to coaches every single day. He didn't want to go on visits all the, every other weekend. And those things didn't really interest him. They shine as – he loves the city of Jackson. He loves Mississippi, and he just likes to be at home. And, uh, you know, I've been on a couple trips with him. And, you know, and even when we go out of town and play ball as a team, they shine just ready to get back home. He's a homebody type of guy. And so, you know, that doesn't fit well with a kid that's, you know, a top 20 recruit in the country that's getting calls from pretty much every school in the South. You know, and he, he never was really enamored with the recruiting process. And so, you know, it's just been strange, man. You know, I think people kinda, you know, looked at him going to Ole Miss as it was my doing. But to be honest, I first of all, between him and Dementio, these are the first two players that I've coached in twelve years of coaching that ever went to Ole Miss. Hmm. And I've had some really good players. I have guys that had guys had a guy go to West Virginia, I had one in Kansas with Malik and I had uh, Temple University, Fish, I had guys all over the country, you know. And uh, I never had a guy that over me. So, I mean, it, it, it's not like I'm just shifting guys toward my alma mater. But um, it's been something that's came close. But I just let them make their own decision. And for him, it was just a relationship with Coach Davis and, and how he how his visit went. He had a good time on his visit. He felt at home. And he just felt like he can play basketball on the highest level you know, in his own state and be close to home, and, and that's just something that he, he couldn't pass up on that opportunity. And actually, to be honest, that was the reason why I chose Ole Miss, you know, came down to Ole Miss estate to me because, you know, I felt like I wanted to be in my own home state and represent my home state. You know, we have so many guys that go out, you know, we had a Rodney Hood that was at Duke and, you know, Jamin brickfield out now, he's going he's gonna to be a Duke player. You got guys that's played in Kentucky, Kansas, and to put all those guys together at the Mississippi school, I think you would have a Kentucky or Kansas because we have some really good talent come out of this state, but I think a lot of guys end up leaving the state. And, um, you know, so I just, I'm glad to see, you know, he's going to be here. He's going to be playing where he, the people that's been watching him play can drive two hours and continue to watch him play ball. I mean, so like I said, it's going to be a great atmosphere.
0: You touched on it. and I think <laughs> it's a really great point. Um, and you don't, you're not the only one that deals with this, but, Former players for particular universities, now coaches in the state, you have to fight off that stigma that you're directing kids to a certain place, so for you, you touched on it. What role do you take in the recruitment of your players what What do you try to be for them?
1: Well, the main thing for me, I try to be give them an influence of a guy that's been through the process and a guy that can kind of sift through the good, the bad, and the ugly of the whole process so you know, I, I, my players will tell you, I don't lie to them, I don't sugarcoat them. If I don't feel like they're a high division one player, I tell them. You know, you got guys, you know, that went to the NBA, they was not high division one players. You know, they, they they developed when they got to that level, guys like a Scotty Pippen or even a Devin George that played with the Lakers It was a D3 player. I mean, but you have to find your level. And I tell them all the time, you got to be water. Water finds its own level. And so when you find your level, you're able to develop. But a lot of guys – may may go a step too high and end up not really playing and then they end up transferring down, back down to a smaller school. And kids are so fragile these days that their confidence means everything to them. So with me, it's just about being a, 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 a constant voice to them and letting them have a place where they can come and they know they're going to get the truth. Because a lot of it, you know, I mean, you, you've seen it. A lot of it is just smoking mirrors, man. You tell the kid what you need to tell them to get them on campus, and then they start from square one. I mean, but for them, I just always want them to know that you have to find the best place possible for your game and for what you are doing. And from there, that gives you a chance. Because my thing is, is I know these guys. All these guys that play ball, he was just like we were. We all want to get to the NBA or make money playing basketball. That was our goal. And so with that being the goal for them, you know, even though school is is, is great and, and I got a degree from Ole Miss, I'm actually working on my master's now at Ole Miss, and that's a great thing. You always want to get there, But for anybody in a, any profession, the goal is to go pro. And um, I try to get them in positions to where, you know, they can have the right information so when they make a decision, it's an, it's an informed decision.
0: When do you think Ole Miss had him? When do you think they won out?
1: I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and and it, it might sound a little harsh, but, I mean, it's just me, man. I'm, uh, I, I don't think a lot, of, a lot of schools really did a great job of recruiting nation, I don't know, for whatever reason. But, you know, I'm a high school coach, I don't know. But I think when he really kind of made up his mind was, was when he made it to the state championship game and it was at the Pavilion and the only school that was there was old miss coach davis and coach K stayed back they had a game i think they were playing state the next day or maybe i don't know if it's i think it was the next day and so uh but they were they stayed there to watch the game and he they should not noticed that that was the only school that was on this list that actually came to his championship game and he asked me about that and i said well i mean i don't understand it. i have no idea I don't know why guys wouldn't get out to come watch you play in a game that's the biggest game of your career, and he put on a flat-out show. I mean, he he had a great game, and uh, it was just you know between that and I think early on he kind of liked Kentucky, and so he had again chance to play in front of Coach Calipari as a ninth grader. He didn't play well. It hurt his hurt him really bad, and then this past year we played in Kentucky at a tournament, and he got the chance to play in front of Cal again against uh. The Moosa kid, that's one of the top 10 kids in the country, who was a seven footer, a good friend of Deshaun's. They went to the elite camp together. And so Deshaun put on flat outs. I mean, the best game I've seen him play. I think he might have missed three game, three shots the whole game. Just put on a show. And, you know, Coach Cal didn't blink. And so, like I told him, I said, Deshaun, you got to understand, like, Calipari doesn't recruit guards that, you know, that are under 6'3 anymore. He just didn't do it. Tyler Ulyss was the last one. And so it's not a – I don't – I don't him, don't take it personal, but my thing to him was there is a spot for you. The leading scorer in the country these years was the same size as DeJun, uh Marcus Howard, and he played at Marquette. I mean, so it's just about going to the place that's the right field. So I think once he got over that hurt of not being recruited by the quote-unquote blue bloods, you know, he kind of locked in on the schools on his list, and then once he got to the championship game, and he saw that over Miss was the only school that was actually at his championship game. And, um, and I didn't help that some of those schools went to other guys' championship games. and didn't come to his, that they were recruiting. So, you know, him finding that out, it kind of just made it plain for him. And he, from that point, it was Ole it was Mrs. rush to lose.
0: We'll get right back to David Sanders, former Ole Miss basketball guard, the current head coach of Callaway men's basketball, after I tell you briefly about Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi, and what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401K, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Another former player of yours, Demencio Vaughn, he's now an old Miss Rebel. What do you think of the fit and how do you think he improved his game at Ryder being a transfer and coming over and getting a year to play in his home state?
1: Well, I think, um, and it's crazy because when Domencio played for me, I, I, I kind of, you know, I had a conversation with Coach Kennedy about, you know, recruiting Domencio. And I think at the time he had TD, who's a great player. He had him coming in. And so, you know, uh, but my thing with him was, Demencio was just such a dynamic player. You talking about a guy on a college level that can literally play the one through five. I mean, he can do that. I mean, and he was he was a strange kid, kid to coach for me because he's the only kid I ever had to coach that I had to teach him how not to be so aggressive. You know, he's just a he's a super aggressive guy. He's a hyper guy, energy guy, and then he brings that New York flavor to the to the game. He can handle the ball. He can pass. I mean. It's, it's just an exciting brand of basketball that he plays, and he is still to this day my favorite player that I've ever, I've ever coached. Because I, it was just nothing about him that was regular. Like he's the only guy that I ever coached that I never fussed at about blocking out, because he never, he never needed to. I mean, he would just stand there and he would jump up and go get rebounds. And I always tell guys, if you are good at doing something the way you do it, I won't bother you. If you can make shots from half court, stand out there and make them. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you to get closer if you can make that shot. Or if you're a guy that rebounds, you don't have to block guys out, you just go up and grab the rebound. And he would, at early on, he would it would frustrate me, but I had to watch him and realize, wait a minute, what am I fussing about? He's actually getting the job done. <laughs> and so, you know, once I stepped back and kind of just watched him and let him let him play, I mean, that guy is an unbelievable player. I mean, he's just, his energy level is so high. And I think we kind of, I'm watching the games, and when I say we, I'm speaking of Ole Miss, I think we kind of lacked toughness at that at that 3-4 spot last year. We had some really talented players. But I think we kind of got bullied at times from guys at, the, at those spots, the Isaac Coros and, and the different guys that played that spot. And I think Domenico was a guy that can come in and, and, and really play tough. Because I think between uh, him coming in now and, and the space we had between TD leaving, And going to the Raptors, I think we lost a little toughness at that three spot. So, you know, he's going to come in and even the other guys that we got transferring in, I think it's going to be a great year for Ole Miss basketball. I mean, you got Romello White, who's another transfer that had a great year. And, um, you know, you got the Matthew Murrell kid out of Tennessee, who I've seen is just an unbelievable athlete. And, um, you know, then of course, Jarkel, who I felt like should have never got out of the state in the first place. He's a dynamic scorer, man, can really put the ball in the hole. And so you kind of plug him in that spot that, you know, that Brian left him such a big hole. So, I mean, I think Coach Davis is doing a wonderful job of recruiting and then getting Deshaun in there. I really, What I really wanted was I wanted I wanted Deshaun and Domencio to have a chance to play together. Yeah, right. You know, we're going to miss that by a year. That would have been great for me as a coach to see. But, you know, at the same time, I just having those guys here and, and being able to come up the highway and you know I can come watch Domencio play again, at a school he actually wanted to play play for in the first place, I mean, I think it's going to be a great thing, and I think the fans are going to absolutely love him. How has he grown, in your opinion? I think the main thing with Domencio is shoots the three a little bit better now, but I think uh, more so with him is just the maturity off the court. He had some some issues early on at Ryder, you know, some things off the court, and I think well, even he had to sit out some games at one point, and uh, just in talking to him at that time and talking to his mom, I think he's really grown from there, and he learned a lot about the business side of college basketball and just understanding that he is his own brand. And so I think him at this point, you know, being a being a grad student and, you know, working on his masters, I think he's he'll be a lot more focused on, you know, just 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 strictly playing basketball and, and kind of just shying away from those things off the court that are, you know, that that sometimes you can get caught up in. So I think that's the main growth he's made. He's just become more of a young man.
0: All right. So now these days do people know you more as David Sanders, head coach of Callaway, or do they remember the Provon Posse?
1: I tell you what. I tell you a real funny story. I was having a conversation with Dayshon and some of my other team, uh, other um, players, the other day. Uh, right, it was, it was probably right before the quarantine, right before the championship. I was sitting down talking to them, uh, and uh, I had to convince them that. I could dunk a ball from the free throw line. I had to actually make calls and get and get guys to vouch for me to tell them that that, that, that was something that I used to do. And it was the strangest thing because some of the guys, I actually t- ended up talking to a teammate of mine from junior college, and I hadn't talked to him in well over 10 years. And I got his number, and I called him. I got it right there. I hunted him down right there, sent him a message on social media, got his number, called him. The very first thing he said when he called, Man, I was just thinking about the other day when you jumped on the free throw line and dunked over a guy. Yes. And, and they were like in my play and the players were like, No, nah, you playing this, Coach. There's no way you hadn't talked to that man all this time. That's the first thing he says when you talk to him. And it's just trying to convince these guys. I mean, I was shocked at how many guys on my team don't even didn't even know who Michael Jordan was. Like they didn't know anything about it. They knew his name, but they had no idea. You know, watching the, the the last dance documentary, they would come back and, and call me and touch it. He really did that. That really happened. The flu game happened. Like, so y'all really didn't know this. Like, it's unbelievable to me that this generation really doesn't know the guys that before them. I actually had, was talking to Mo Williams the other day, who's a coach at Alabama State now, and just trying to get him to understand. Like, I even telling guys about him, like, these guys don't really, they don't really study the game like we did. And so – you know that's been my fight for years, trying to get those guys. Because I, you know, I can still play a little bit, but the the jumping side of it has been gone. And my players just they don't have any clue how high I used to jump as a basketball player, and they just and then they still don't believe it. They, you know, when I tell you, yeah, right, coach, yeah, right. And so, you know, it's it's funny to me to think because I never thought a day would come where I couldn't dunk a basketball, and that day has has come and passed. So, you know, it's just uh, you know getting older, man. But I'm I'm enjoying it, man. I've had some friends. Some, you know Justin Reed's one of them, and my college roommate from junior college, some 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 really good guys that have, that have passed on, God rest their souls. And uh, you know it's a blessing to get older, man. You know things do change, but at the same time, you know you get older, and you get wiser, and you know you get to see the next generation coming up. And I'm glad to be a part of that. Glad to be able to coach some of the young guys and like DeSean and see them reach their full potential. And that's what coaching is for me. When I got into it, I didn't know if I would like it or not. But I think Jarvis Summers was actually the first player I ever coached, and just seeing his development, pulling him to the side and working with him, that let me know that okay, well I can do this. You know, I can affect a guy's game, and that kind of that kind of became intoxicating to me. Just seeing guys getting better, and that part of the coaching that that I never want to get away from. I always want to be able to help players develop.
0: It's different for me now too. You know, I cover Ole Miss for a living, but I grew up in New Albany, Mississippi, in a family that had a dad that took me to every old Miss game, including old Miss basketball. So, the Provine posse, y'all were a celebrity group for my generation. I'm 33, you know, I'm not far away from you. And all I could think about back then was getting an Aaron Harper jersey who would make the threes, or David would jump from the free throw line, or Justin Reed just dominated everybody in the post. And, and I think you're right. You know, now I want to pull, I want to pull. Deshaun to the side or dementia be like guys y'all don't understand this is the group that took Ole miss to the greatest accomplishment in school history and that's the sweet 16 i mean y'all were y'all were celebrities y'all that team for me and for many in my group from 1982 to 1996 i guess we're the millennials y'all were the mm-hmm. group y'all are the ones that were Ole miss basketball
1: yeah i think that uh and i tell my guys this all the time uh you know, we had billboards in Jackson. You know, they put up billboards with with us three on there. You know, talking about coming to the game, and you know, and even uh, every now and then, you know, I would see a van as a Comcast van, and you know, Comcast actually put me on the side of their van, and uh, I would see the van from time to time, and I remember riding one of my children, and they saw, it, and they dad, it is you on the van, and so you know, just. I mean, just understanding what we – when you look back on it, and uh, and I actually got a chance to watch our DVD from that year recently, and one of the assistant coaches at Ole Miss sent me a copy of it. And just looking back on what we were able to accomplish, man, it was it was an amazing time at Ole Miss basketball. And, you know, just, just coming in, even when Coach Evans got it started off in that group and just carrying over, man. And we took so much pride in, in playing for Ole Miss and, and, and going out there and just shocking the world with some of those teams, you know, because – you understand like Kentucky's Florida's, you know, those schools meant nothing to us. Like we, we knew we were going to beat them. I mean, it was, it was, it was just, it was no doubt in our mind. And, and I think at that time in Ole Miss basketball, that mentality wasn't a part of the program until we came in because we, we didn't feel like we were supposed to be losing to those schools. We were, we were upset if we did lose to them. And so the in mentality started then with us just, you know, winning the West and making it to the Sweet 16. And I still feel like to this day we should have beat that Arizona team. Yep. We kind of had a draft there late in the game. They kept scoring. They kind of caught up with us. But we were up on those guys 12, 13 points, man. And that was a, a team for the first-round picks. You know, I tell people all the time about being able to match up with Gilbert Arenas and holding him to eight points. You know, and my kids, they didn't they don't really – I had to show them that for him. But, but – understanding that, you know, what we accomplished in this state, man, I got a lot of lot of pride behind being a Mississippi guy and, uh, you know, actually been able to accomplish something that's never been accomplished in the state. I'm the only person in state history that's won Player of the Year and Coach of the Year. And so, you know, just having been on both sides of this spectrum, man, it's, it's a blessing for me. And, uh, you know, I, I love Ole Miss, man. I You know, even with all, everything that's going on now, you know, I tell people all the time, I never had one bad experience up there. You know, I always had a great time, but I, it was always a situation where you always felt love everywhere you went. And I know I was an athlete. You know, I don't know if it was like that for everybody, but I know it was for me. So I can only speak to my experiences and my teammates' experiences and what we experienced. And that's what I tell all these parents, because I get the question sometimes, you know, well, what about, you know, this, what about that? And my question and my thing to them is, and Brendan Speaks is another guy. He had a chance to share his you know, his inspiration with one of the football players at the school, I like Coach Calloway. And he told him the same thing. Look, I never had a bad experience with them It's a great school. Those are, It's great people. They're going to cheer and leave the game just as tired as you are from, from the effort they put out cheering for you. And it's a it's a hard place to play, you know, for opposing teams. And, you know, I just had the time in my life. I'm telling every, every guy that, that I coach, listen, when you go to college, enjoy it, slow it down. Because it's gonna be the best time of your life. Never again will you have that much fun with no bills, you know. And so, that's just uh, you know, that's how I, that's how I describe it to him. But I mean, we listen, we we talk about it, and um, you know, even with Justin, when he was sick. You know, we had a chance to share some memories and stuff, and and Hawk came through, and you know, just getting us back together. And I got a picture that we took uh, at just at Justin's camp. Couple of years before he passed, and um, you know, we were just reminiscing on, you know, just what we did and and how hungry we were to make a winner in our state. You know, it was it was just important to us that people looked at Mississippi and they saw young African American kids that could be successful. Because I think the the stigma is that you can't be successful here. You got to leave the state, and that's what that's what I try to disprove every day as a player, as a coach, as a guy that's mentoring young men. You know, be proud that you're from Mississippi. Represent the state, and you know, and show people you know where you're from. Because I get the question all the time, and I'm, I'm proud to say I'm from Mississippi. And they, oh, you from Mississippi? Oh, yeah, I am. You know, and I'm I'm proud of it. I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I've been all over the country, all over the world, and and I, I still make my home in Mississippi. I actually live in Clinton, Mississippi, uh, right now. So, you know, I'm I'm just thankful for what we were able to accomplish as as, as three guys that just going up the highway and just you know. Putting in work and just trying, you know, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't understand how big it was at the time. But looking back on it now, and you know, I still see people, and you'd be surprised how I many people your age that I see, and they see me, and they are like, "Man, you were my hero growing up." And, and, and you know that's, and that means a lot to me because it's like I never really saw that side of it. Yeah, I talked to kids and parents and stuff. This this far down the line, it's just it let me know that the impact that we had in the work that we put in, it was all working.
0: We'll get right back to David Sanders, former Ole Miss basketball guard, the current head coach of Callaway Men's Basketball, after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and PropSwap.com, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. The holiday season is the most wonderful time of the year. But with the holiday season comes changes in the weather, family members coming down with colds, whatever it might be. Of course, you want to make sure that you have a safe and sick-free and fun holiday season, but the only way to do that is to ensure that your pharmacy is one that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally-owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday. 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Stay safe. And make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy. Much more. Than just a pharmacy the newest addition to the talk of champions family of advertisers is propswap.com PropSwap.com is an online marketplace where you can buy and sell sports betting tickets. Whether it's a long shot future, a parlay with one game left, or even a straight bet at halftime, PropSwap lets you post your ticket for sale and lock in your money before the event is over. PropSwap is also a great place to purchase tickets from the comfort of your home at better odds than the sportsbooks are offering. Go to PropSwap.com today, register for an account, and enter promo code BILUXI. That's BILUXI, B-I-L-O-X-I for a deposit match up to $100. Ask Clay Travis, Cousin Sal, or Darren Rovell about the value of PropSwap and add it to your repertoire to make yourself a profitable sports better. PropSwap.com. That's PropSwap, P-R-O-P-S-W-A-P.com. Promo code BELUXI. You bring up a really good point. It's the last thing I'll say about it. I don't look at David Sanders as the Callaway head coach, even though you're in your eighth season or entering your eighth season. You're the oldest basketball guard to me. Because that's what you were for my generation. Aaron Harper, same thing. And I think it's recency bias. Before there was Marshall Henderson, there was Aaron Harper. Before there was Murphy Holloway, there was Justin Reed. Before there was Tarika mm-hmm. White slam dunking on everybody, there was David Sanders. And you see all these lists come out about the greatest players in Ole Miss history. And, and I'm not taking away anything from any of those guys. But it's like we forget who put Ole Miss basketball on the map. And you look across the board now, David. I mean, you got the Jasons, Jason Flanagan, Jason Harrison, they're coaching, Aaron Boone's coaching, you're coaching, Sue's going back to coach. I mean, all of these guys that made Ole Miss basketball great. And I think that, to me, is the lasting legacy of not just your group, but the group that came before y'all, that special time in Ole Miss basketball history when it wasn't, in vogue to go to Ole Miss and play basketball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point because I mean I don't I don't think you realize how many of those guys coach. Dick Allen just, just finished his first season coaching overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. shoot uh, uh Ron Wilson who's actually the manager on our team, he coaches up up in South Haven. I mean just the whole group, I think it may be one or two guys out of that whole team that's not coaching. And it just speaks to the mentality and the mindset and the smarts of that group. You know, I mean, we just, you know, I, I I look I look at it like this, and I tell people like this. You know, even when they had the list and the poll coming out, and they were doing the, you know, the little I guess the NCAA type poll with the players. I say, I tell you what, this is what you do, and this is my mindset. You line up anybody on that list, and you put them in front of Justin Reed, and you tell me they're gonna win. That's what you do. You line him up, I don't care who. you can line' them up one by one, he's gonna beat all of them that guy there is the biggest competitor, the best player I ever played with, so if he i didn't I didn't even pay attention to it. I saw it a couple times on Twitter, but I said if he doesn't come out number one on that list i i, I don't know you're talking about a one on one deal, shoot, I played justin one on one that's not fun, <laughs> and so you know I mean just you know I just look at it, and even so with our team, I just felt like man. You line our team up that 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 Sweet Sixteen team up with any team in Ole Miss history, and I'm telling you right now, win, lose or draw, it's gonna be a fight. It is gonna be a flat out dog fight, and I feel like we'll come out on top. You know, some of those teams we were able to beat, and just seeing the look on guys' faces when they realize that wait a minute, we can't beat this team. I mean, it, it was it was it was a strangest thing, like to see Kentucky coming in and the tail pad and realize that, yeah, guys, you're gonna to lose today. Is <laughs> there's no way you can win, and just to see that look on their face is what drove us. Because schools like that happened for so many years, they just came in and took whatever they wanted, you know, at Ole Miss, and you know we just we wasn't having it. I mean, and it's just a sense of pride and, and a, you know, just taking ownership of, you know, hey guys, we play basketball just like they do. You know why why is it set in stone that they have to be better than us because they play at a different school? And so we wanted to put Ole Miss in that upper echelon of the SEC schools. And I think that year, that uh, that 2001 season, we were picked to finish last in the West. And we all noticed that. We looked at it. And it was an insult. And so we just decided we were going to go down the list and, uh, and just go team by team. And I think about midway through the season, you know, um, I think – you know what? I think it was that um, the game we lost – to I want to say it was South Carolina, I think it might have been, or somebody, somebody we should have beat that we lost. And that game, we would have won that game. We would have cracked the top 10 in the country. And we ended up ended up finishing number nine in the country. But we were so focused on that. And that loss hurt us so bad. We ended up getting back on track. And, but, I mean, just we, those are the goals that we had. And people just looked at us like we were crazy. But my, our thing was, you know, why not? And that was Coach Barnes uh, used to tell us all the time, like, Guys, y'all just don't even believe y'all supposed to lose. Like, no, we. Not, I'm not trying to lose at all to anybody at any point, even in practice. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was it was a great thing. We had a great group of seniors already in there with the Flanigan, with Flanagan, and, and and Jason Harrison was a junior and Raheem, and you know, I mean, it was such a great mix of young guys and older guys, and uh, you know, we just man, that that year was magical, man. We we enjoyed each other. It was it was camaraderie like no other, and. You know, just to see the fans just pass. I mean, I was literally terrified when, I, when we got back from that uh, game that sent us to the Sweet 16 and we got off the plane. It was it was midnight almost. And I'm just, I'm like, what is all that noise? I, you know, I'm looking like, what's going on? Because I wasn't the first person off the plane. I get off the plane and it's just people as far as I can see. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." I mean, they but the people were there to support us. I mean, and that and that, that, that meant a lot to us. We really wanted to win for the fans because we knew what Ole Miss meant to them, and it meant the same thing to us, you know. And I think that sometimes gets lost when you're dealing with these players that play at these. Listen, it, my, I have an Ole Miss tag. I got an Ole Miss stick on the back of my truck. You know, I got old. My wife has, had had Ole Miss shirt on yesterday. I mean, it, it's 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 family for me, and I still deal with a lot of those guys still talk to a lot of those guys and. Everywhere I go, and my, my son, my older son asked me the other day, he said, Daddy, why does everybody know you? Everywhere we go, somebody knows you. And I told him, I said, it's because of my passion for basketball. I put everything I had into it, and it's still paying off for me to this day. And that's how I teach them. I said, well, you're going to get out what you put in. And we really put a lot into being a great team. And, you know, and I think it was great, even for me as individually, you know, my my sophomore year, that year, Sweet 16, yeah, I think I was, was the worst three-point shooter in the SEC. In the I think I made a shot under 20%. I think it was right at 20%. I didn't take a whole lot, but I, I was coming off a, a redshirt year. And so I was determined to come back and 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 play better and shoot better because I felt like I could have, you know, helped the team more. And so I worked all summer, and I come back the next year, and I led the nation at like 56% from three-point. And finish uh, actually all time at Ole Miss. I think I finished in the top five three point percentage. So even that is a place where I can look back and see how hard work really pays off. And that's something that we carry over even in the life now. Like I said, people know me as Callaway coach now, but you know the the people that saw me play, I, I, I get a, a, a huge level of respect from the fans and the people that know me, and that means a whole lot to me because that's all. They that, always wanted to be a guy. That could leave a lasting impression, and not just a guy that was just on a roster. You know, leaving a lasting impression on our program is something that we always wanted to do. That's why Ole Miss was a choice for us because we knew we could we could really leave a, leave our mark there.
0: I'd be remiss if I let you go without asking. This is an historic time for the state of Mississippi. The flag has come down. What are your thoughts? I mean, this is a issue that is obviously. One that has been divisive and controversial, but I think a long time coming. So for you, when you saw the flag come down and you saw the move made, what would you think?
1: Well, I thought it was a great move. Uh, I thought that, you know, a lot of people fought hard to get it done, and I definitely think it was the right thing to do. Um, You know, it's kind of been something that's kind of, uh, it's been weighing heavy on me because even with what's going on, and it, don't get me wrong, it's something that needs to happen. It's a conversation that needs to happen, and it's something that we need to get better at. But you know, just as well as I do, man, there's just some people that you're not going to change, that man, ain't even trying to. But for the for the main part of society that wants to get along and wants to have a level playing field with everything, you know, I think it's a big step, especially for the state of Mississippi, because you know you still have a lot of discrepancies and a lot of things like that that. Some people just, and I talk to people all the time, and, they, and they'll tell me, and I have friends, you know, uh, you know, of all all colors and races, and, and, and even some of the white guys that I know will tell them, look, I just did I really hadn't paid attention to it. And I think that's the main thing, just calling attention to it and allowing, you know, people to be able to step up and do what they can to help. And, and I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, that said that, this is not something that the African American community can fix. This has to be fixed by the white community. And and the things that I have seen over the past couple of weeks from the community, from the white community has really, really encouraged me because I understand that there's a lot of people that just really never knew the suffering and the pain that some people have went through. And when they recognized it and when they saw it, when the time came, they were ready to step up to the plate and do what it took. And even in my classes now, I've, I've been learning about the former governor, William Winter, who fought so hard to get equality. And, and if you think about it, you know, that's what this country's supposed to be about anyway. It's been on our, you know, in our model for years, you know, liberty and justice for all. And I think that's all you can ask for. You know, even with my children, they go to school out here in Clinton, Mississippi, and having to explain things like that to them because, you know, they don't understand it, and and being and I don't want them to grow up in a world where race matters. I want them to grow up in a world where what you do, like just like Martin Luther King said, the content of your character will speak for you. And I've, you know, and I have experienced. I'm not going to even uh, sugarcoat it, which I've experienced situations where I know that, you know, I wasn't treated fairly, you know, whether it be a job or getting a job or, or whatever it may be because of my color you know what i'm saying now what i've never allowed that to define me because i feel like and this is this is the way i just, i say it you have bad people in every walk of life you know you have, you have bad police officers you have you have i mean you have bad teachers you have bad there's discrimination in every walk of life and so i don't want my children also to grow up thinking that everything's going to be handed to them you know what i mean because of whatever and 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 that and that's just something that I try to instill in them. But I'm definitely proud of the progress that we are making now, and I feel like we have gotten to the point where the ball is actually rolling. And from there, I can't be more I can't be more proud than that because anything after that is going to be progress, you know. But for so long that flag, and I'm I'll be honest with you now, I've had people and talked to people that chose not to come to school in the state of Mississippi. I'm talking to my guys from outside of the state because of things like the flag, you know, because their parents were just terrified about the stigma that, that was surrounding it. And I would always tell them, listen, man, Mississippi is a beautiful place to live. Even Jackson. Jackson gets a bad rep. I work in Jackson every day. I get out of my vehicle. I park my truck. I don't even lock my doors. Nobody bothers the to bother my, my, my vehicle. I mean, you know things that the stigmas that are surrounding our state and our city, you know. But when you actually get here and you actually get to experience some things, you know, yeah, there's like I said, there's bad people that every walk of life, But at the same time, for the majority of this state, it's great people here, and that's what I like to to see. That's why I like to take my team out of state. They travel, we travel and play, and everywhere we go, people remark at how well my team, well behaved my team is, how how polite my guys are. And I mean, just hotels, wherever. I mean, it's just, it's a great thing for people to see. And I always bring those reports back to my principal and, and, and my school district and let them see what people are saying about us. Even when we went to the Senate uh, the last time I won to state, you know, I was telling them about how the people from ESPN, we played ESPN that game, game that year, and the people, the behind-the-scenes people at ESPN remarked about how respectful my boys were to the staff and the crew that was following us around. They, I mean, they've made it a point to come and tell us, we love your team. And those are the things I feel like should get publicity in this state. A lot of times we don't, we don't put that out there, but removing that flag I think is the first step in us really, really showing people how great of a place Mississippi is.
0: He's David Sanders, head coach of Callaway, former Ole Miss guard. Thanks for doing this, man. I enjoyed the conversation. Let's do it again.
1: Anytime, man. Like I told you, uh, sports talk is, is my second passion. So anytime you you want me on, man, just give me a call, man. I love I enjoy talking to you, man, and uh, to the Ole Miss fans out there. I just want to let you guys know you got some good ones coming your way, man. You're going to enjoy watching those guys play.